Welcome to Parkview. Glad to have you here. We're doing a marriage series, but the uh, first thing I have to acknowledge is that either Jesus didn't come back or you are attending the worst church on the planet. You'll have to figure out which one that, or there's a third option that Jesus came back and just took macho man Randy Savage and that's all. Oh yeah, maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Um, we're talking about uh, we're talking about uh, marriage, and uh, I, I talked last week about the differences between men and women, and and I thought I had all the answers, but I didn't have the book yet. Somebody gave me the book on understanding women this this week. Um, I've got a copy of it. If you'd like to read it, just let me know. I'll help you. Um, Reminds me of the story of the guy who's walking along the beach in California and he stumbled across a, a magic lamp and he, he rubbed the magic lamp and, and out came a genie and the genie was kind of hacked off because the genie was like, you know what, you're the fourth person this week to rub this lamp and let me out. You know, I know you're supposed to get three wishes, but you're only going to get one wish. I'm tired. Okay, what's your one wish? And the guy was like, oh, okay. Um, I've always wanted to go to Hawaii, but I'm afraid of flying and I, I get seasick. So could you build me a bridge to Hawaii? And the genie was like, are you kidding me? You know how much concrete it would take to build a bridge from California to Hawaii? The pylons would have to go so deep. No, think of something else. The guy said, okay, well, I've been divorced three times, and my wives always say I don't understand them. I'd really like to understand women. Could you help me with that? And the genie said, would you like that bridge in two lanes or four? <laughs> All right? Um, it, it is a, it is a, it is a, it, it is an apropos subject for us right now because our daughter is getting married on Friday. Uh, the royal wedding is on Friday, ladies and gentlemen. As a matter of fact, the groom happened, he's from England, that's why I call it the royal wedding, and he happens to be in the audience, so I want you to stand up, Ash, and give them the queen wave, would you? Thank you. Thank you. We are, we're glad he's back in the United States. His family's going to be coming over on Tuesday, which is going to be kind of funny because we've never even met, you know? I mean, that's kind of weird. I hope they like us because it's too late, baby, now. It's too late. Um, but everything's moving along good. Appreciate your prayers. Everything's going along well. Uh, the wedding is at 3 o'clock on Friday, and you are invited. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not just saying that. We don't want gifts or cards or any of that kind of stuff. If you want to come Wednesday at 3 o'clock, I mean, we obviously have plenty of room for people at a wedding, and it's going to be right in here, and uh, you want to see me in a tuxedo. It's maybe your only chance. Um, three o'clock on Friday and we got a little reception going on afterwards. I'm not doing the wedding. I'm going to, I'm going to speak at it, but I'm not actually officiating. I'm going to be the dad, but we're excited about it. And since Rachel is here, uh, Rachel is a, a, she's lived in Nashville for the last six years, went to college down there. So she, they're going to live in Nashville, but she's a, she's an artist. She's a musician and she uh, has been traveling around with a group called Mosaic and doing Christian stuff. And she's decided she's going to go out on her own and be salt and light to the world. So she's released a new album, her first album. And uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's not an overtly Christian album. It's just an album of good music. And uh, it's going to be available for you out there. We're not trying to sell albums. But, uh, you know, it's actually CD. I don't know why we still call them albums. But it's a CD. And if you want a copy of it, it'll be out there. Uh, if you don't, it doesn't matter. Some of our family and friends wanted to see it. But I wanted her to sing one of her songs because what I'm going to talk about today um, has to do with one of the songs that she's written. Uh, it kind of has to do with understanding each other and, and being known. So would you welcome Rachel Harlow? Really, that's what we're all hoping for is to, to come into contact with another person, another people. I mean, God said it's not good for man to be alone. 
and we're supposed to be with other people that will help us, that will understand us. We'll talk more about this along the way. Why am I doing a marriage series? I wasn't planning on it. Um, I was planning on doing something else. I did a marriage series a year ago. But uh, it, when we did our detour cards at Christmas Eve, about half of them had something to do with marriages. And, and the pastoral care department just came to me, Lonnie's just like, man, it's DEFCON 5, man. Marriages are really being hammered right now with the economy and everything that's going on. So I've come back. I'm going to I'm going to do I'm doing this. I'm doing it. Flip this marriage. It's about remodeling your house. I mean, we've remodeled part of our house and got a new kitchen. Maybe it's about doing some major work in your marriage. Maybe it's just about some minor things like painting the walls or cleaning the carpets. But the truth of the matter is the law of entropy. Newton's law of entropy says that any system left to itself is going to deteriorate. And that's the truth of everything. And if your marriage is just left to itself, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And here's the thing that really concerns me, okay? Um, Jesus said, a new command I give you that you love one another. And I'm, I can make jokes about this guy that, uh, you know, claimed that Jesus was going to come back at 6 o'clock last night. And, you know, we're, we're all just kind of, you know, sitting in the 545 service. Everybody's kind of looking at their watch, you know. I thought about playing a big joke on him, you know, and doing something. But I, I, I just, I don't, I don't want to, you know. Yes, I did. Of course I thought about it. And, and see... There you have proof that every once in a while I do say no to myself, okay? That's good. But, but, but the thing that, that aggravates me about the whole scenario with this guy is that the atheists and the, and the agnostics and the people out there look at this and they go, oh, there they go again, those stupid Christians. You know, and they lump us all into the same category. They're predicting the end of the world. Oh, gee, Jesus didn't come back. And they're out having parties and laughing about the fact that we're all idiots. Okay, I, I can accept that. That's okay, because some of us are idiots. I understand that. But listen, Jesus said a new command I give you that you love one another. And here's what I'm thinking. If the world can look at, at us, and, and I mean Christians, period, anywhere, and they can see our marriages and they can see the things that are going on, they can see our relationships and they can go, wait a minute, those people love each other in a different way. There's something supernatural going on in their relationship. They're committed to each other in some kind of special way. Maybe there is something to this. Maybe, maybe those, you know, end of the world predictors or some crazy idea over here, they're, they're just different people. But I do see something. Here's what I read last week, Romans 15. Paul said, may God who gives patience and encouragement help you to live in harmony with each other in the attitude that Christ Jesus has towards the other. What's Jesus' attitude? His attitude is accept one another just as Christ accepted you. And then God will be glorified. What's going to happen? God's going to be glorified when? When they see us accepting each other and loving each other. Okay? So, we're going to talk about communication. I've been using Flip This Marriage because I've been kind of using the house remodeling theme for the whole thing. And we're going to talk about the electrical system today, which is communication. Okay? And, and, and usually, guys are the ones, I'll just be honest, as we did in the drama, guys are the ones that are kind of a little slow on this one. So, I have, I have, a, I have a cheat for you today, guys. There's something that you can buy that will help you with this. It's called the manslater. Hey, are you golfing today? Yeah. It's the second time this week. But you said it was fine. It is fine. It's perfectly fine. Are you confused by female behavior? Wish you had a translator to understand what she means? Well, you're in luck. Introducing the Manslater, a revolutionary device that translates woman language into simple man words. Finally, the power to know what she means. Okay, cool. Let me just check my wife. Hey, babe, a tea time open up later. You mind if I go? 
Fine, if that's what you want to do. No go! Stay home! On second thought, I think I'll just stay here with you and watch the notebook. Aww, how sweet. Now that's more like it. The Manslater uses emotion deciphering technology to help you out of the toughest jams. Hey, is everything okay? You sound upset. Why would I be upset? Oh, no way! Happy anniversary, babe. You remembered. Come on, of course I did. <laughs> Thanks to the Manslater's patented FemLogic processing chip, now any man can decode statements like... Are you wearing that? You change! Now! Hey, do you want to get some coffee? Me want coffee! Do you think she's pretty? You think she? Prettier than me? Aw, you're such a good friend. Me never date you. I'm fine. Me not fine. I'll be ready in five minutes. Me ready 30 minutes. Do whatever you want. You know do what you want. Could you rub my shoulders a little bit? No, hanky panky. Only massage. Be serious. The man's later even works on men. Finally, women can learn the deeper meaning of his words. Whoa. Your beauty is stunning. Hey, mind if I catch a movie with the guys? You are a lovely, wonderful woman who meets all of my needs. And even though I will miss you, this night I wish to see Death Cop 9 with my bros. I'm fine. I'm fine. Really. Stop looking at me. The Manslater can even be customized, with voices of real celebrities being impersonated. Like Yoda. In much trouble you are, do the doghouse go you. Or Mr. T. I pity the fool who leaves the toilet seat up. So get your man's later today. Clarity is just a phone call away. You need buy me. Did you, uh, did you happen to notice? I know, you wish it was real. You happen to notice the other celebrity voices impersonated? I'm not thinking Arnold Schwarzenegger is probably a real good idea right now, are you? Um... The, the thing is, breakdown, the breakdown of communication is, is, is a problem for anything. It's a problem in, in the job. Uh, criminologists say that 90% of people who are in jail have communication problems, and it's obviously a problem in our marriages, so we need to talk about it. The book of Proverbs says that the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So we're going to talk about the, the wiring system, the electrical system. And I'm pretty good with electrical stuff, you know, at my house. 220, 221, whatever it takes, right? Uh, I, I'm going to use some stuff from Les and Leslie Parrott's uh, book uh, on soulmates. They're going to be here in a couple of weeks. And so let me just give you some, uh, some helpful stuff on communication, some communication tools. Uh, and let me start with the wiring problems, okay? Let's talk about the problems, first of all. Sometimes you're going to think, well, these, these don't sound like problems, but they are. Like silence, for example. Silence is a problem. Uh, that, that's a problem in your marriage. You say, well, it's not a problem. No, that means somebody's afraid. That means somebody doesn't care enough if there's silence going on. So you need to diagnose that. The second problem is placating. That's the yes person. Yes, this person that just wants to get along. And, and they're going to they're gonna give themselves up so that there can always be harmony. That's a problem. The third is blaming. That's the, the person who's going to always blame the other person. Who is the first man to blame his wife for something? 
The first man. Yeah, Adam. I mean, it started all the way back in the beginning. He said it was Eve's fault, okay? That's a wiring problem that's going to be an issue in your life. The fourth is the computer. That's the person who doesn't, you know, they just compute. Oh, I'm fine. Everything's okay. Upset. I'm not upset. They're just the person that's real even all the time. Well, that's not good either because you're burying something down inside. The fifth one is the distractor. That's the one who wants to keep the peace so much that they're like, oh, yeah, we got a problem. But how about them bulls? You know, and they're going off on a different direction every time they don't want to confront it. Here's the deal. OK, any electricians in here? Just let me see your hand if you're an electrician. OK, is it ever a good idea to avoid a wiring problem? I mean, I mean, it's not going to get better, is it, Jim? I mean, it's not going to correct itself. If you've got disconnections, if you've got problems, it could start a fire. And the problem is when you bury those things, something bad is going to happen later. So you need to diagnose the problem. Let's talk about wiring connections, okay? Good communication requires good connections. So I've got my basic three-wire system right here. Uh, let me help you to understand what those three parts of good communication skills ought to be. And then I will help you with some tools to help make it better. The black wire, first of all, is acceptance in your marriage. You might want to write these down because this is important for you to remember. Acceptance. We talked about this last week, but it goes deeper. Okay? It's about when, when Ash and Rachel walk down the aisle and they come before the pastor and they say, I take you better for worse, it means I'm going to accept you. Ash will have a lifetime to discover how screwed up my daughter is because she's my daughter. And he'll have to accept those things. That's the black wire. That's, that, that's what that's for. I've been thinking a lot of, you know, I've been working on this wedding for a long time and thinking a lot about funny wedding stories. I love the story of this, uh, this bride that was so nervous that she couldn't even think straight and she wasn't sure how she was going to manage the whole thing. And, and so the pastor said, listen, here's what you do. You focus on one thing at a time. First, you focus on the aisle. And then when you're in the aisle, you focus on the altar. And then when you're at the altar, you focus on him. That's all you need, those three things. Focus on your groom. So she's walking down, and she's real nervous. She's walking down next to her dad, and she's muttering underneath her breath, but loud enough for everybody to hear, I'll alter him. <laughs> and the rest, as they say, is history. Okay? If that's your idea in your marriage right now, is that I've got to change that other person, that's never going to work. The black wire is acceptance. I'm going to take it just the way that it is. Paul said in Ephesians that husbands are to love. I'm going to read this verse every week in a marriage series. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It's acceptance. Listen, Jesus accepts you. Here's the good news of the gospel. Jesus accepts you just exactly like you are. He doesn't expect you to change and be like somebody else, and then he's going to accept you. He accepts you like you are, and that's the black wire of communication. It's got to start right there. Okay? If you don't understand that Jesus loves you and accepts you, I hope you'll let us help you with that. You know, mark your card. Let us talk to you. There's a prayer room right outside that door and to the right. Somebody would love to pray with you and help you to understand that Jesus accepts you. And as Jesus accepts us, we're supposed to accept each other. Okay? The white wire. That's going to be, we got, we got acceptance. We're going to call the white wire genuineness. Genuineness. In Romans, Paul says, love must be sincere. 
And I believe that we all understand what it's like to be in a relationship when the other person isn't sincere. How does that make itself happen in communication? Well, you realize that the nonverbal part of communication is more important probably than the words that you say. Sociologists tell us that nonverbal communication makes up 58% of, of the communication getting across, and the tone of voice makes up 35%, and the actual words you say are only 7%. That's why you need the white wire of genuineness. They need to know that they that you really do care about them, that you really are interested in them, that they're that you're genuine. You got acceptance, you got genuineness, and the neutral whether the, the ground wire, the green wire is empathy. It's putting yourself in their shoes. It's trying to understand where they're coming from. Ladies, can you imagine what it's like to be a guy? Oh, that's awesome. I can't lie. Hey, guys, can you imagine what it's like to be a woman? Two words, bikini wax. That's all I got to say, right? I mean, there's so much that we don't understand about each other, but we need to. Okay? There's a scripture that I read at every wedding that I do. It's from Philippians 2. And it's about Jesus and who he was. And it says that we should have the attitude in our lives as Jesus did. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Paul says, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. You should look at the other person and have empathy. So you have acceptance, you have genuineness, and you have empathy. And when those three wires are working together, then you have good communication. You have good things happening, all right? But let's talk about what happens when, uh, when there is an issue and you need to work on it, okay? And communication's not happening like it's supposed to. It's very dangerous when, when things aren't handled correctly. So there's some things that you need to do, okay? The first thing that you need to do is you need to turn off the current before you go working on the electrical problem. Anybody not done that? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm like, it's a ceiling fan, and, and, you know, I got that little plastic thing, and as long as I don't touch the wire, I'll be okay, right? No, no, that's not really a good idea. The first thing you need to do is turn off the current. So how do we do that in communication? We do that by making I statements instead of you statements. This is good for any relationship, anything you're doing. It's very, very important. You make an I statement instead of a you statement. What do I mean? You drive me crazy. You never ask my opinion. You're just like your mother. When you make you statements, what, what does the other person do? They get defensive, right? What are the, what, their natural reaction is going to be what? Oh, thank you so much. I never thought of that before. <laughs> Have you ever seen that happen? No. When you make a you statement, you are on the attack. So what happens back? They're going to make a you statement right back at you. And pretty soon you're making... You volleyball, you know, all night. You're playing you tennis back and forth each other. Is that fun? No. So how do you diffuse that? How do you turn off the, ter- the current? You do it by making I statements instead. Like, I feel this way. This is how I feel. I'm under a lot of pressure. Did you ever stop to consider that? I am trying to, I'm trying to get this happen. This is what's going on in my life. Okay? That takes the defensiveness out, and it's just, this is how I feel when you do that. Okay? It's still not going to be an easy conversation, but that's how you turn the current off, okay? That's number one. Now, and the, one of the things that's really important for you to understand is that communication is not about what you say. Communication is about what your partner understands by what you say. Let me say that again. Communication is not what you say. It's what your partner understands by what you say. So until you make yourself understood by making an I statement, it's not going to be the same. This is always my motto. I've, I've lived with a house with four women in it for a very, very long time. 
And, and, and so my motto is, if I say something that could be interpreted in one of two ways, and one of those ways will make you sad or angry, I meant the other way. That's, that, that's what I try to do. It doesn't always work. Second, we use a circuit tester, okay? You have to diagnose where the problem is, okay? This is a great tool to keep around because it's dumb to be working on the light switch if the problem is in the wall or if the problem is back at the, at the circuit breaker. You need to find out where, which one is off, which one's messed up. You have to find out where, diagnose where the problem is. And you do that with a circuit tester. It's a great tool to keep around. How do we do that in our marriage? It's called reflective listening. Reflective listening. Jeff Foxworthy says it this way. I used to think when she said we need to talk, it meant we need to talk. After years of marriage, I've come to the realization that we need to talk does not mean we need to talk. It means we need to, she needs to talk and I need to listen. When she says we need to talk, I respond in exactly the same way I do when I get pulled over by the police. I look straight ahead, I give short yes and no answers, and I wait to find out what I've been accused of. That's funny right there. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Reflective listening is about saying back to the person what they just said to you. Okay? Good communication. We often think that good communication is about getting my point across, right? It's about what I say. 98% of good communication is not about what you say. It's about what you listen to. Here's what the book of James says. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Proverbs 29 says, Do you see a man who speaks in haste? There's more hope for a fool than him. Reflective listening is the second way that we can work on our communication skills by just saying back to them, okay, here's what I hear. Here's, here's how I understand it. Here's what I heard you just say to me. That's very, very different. Here's a typical scenario. Guys, see how, let's see how this goes. A woman comes home from the dry cleaners, and she gets out of dress that she's going to wear that night, and there's a stain on the collar. And she says, oh, I can't believe it. There's a stain on this collar. I was going to wear this dress tonight. I'm so upset. The guy says, oh, honey, I'm sorry, but that's okay. And, you know, nobody's going to notice the stain on your collar. And besides, you could wear the yellow dress anyway, and you look good in the yellow dress. Did he do good, guys? Thinking, yeah, solved her problem, right? Ladies? Right? No, not good. She didn't need you to solve her problem. She just needed you to empathize. She just needed you to listen to her. Just to say, you know what? I'm, uh, and I know, guys, I know. I know, man, I know. No guy gives a flying flip about a stain on a collar. Okay? That's why they have ring around the collar. You try scrubbing and you try soaking and it just doesn't come out. Why is that? Because we don't care. That's going back to the wire of empathy, isn't it? That's reflective listening. Honey, I'm really sorry about that. You know, I would be frustrated too. That's all you need to say. We just practice reflective listening. Okay? That's, the, that's the way that this works. Okay? So you make I statements and not you statements. You practice reflective listening. Dr. Paul Turnier is a Swiss uh, counselor. Uh, he said it this way. He said, it is impossible to overemphasize the immense need we have to really be listened to, to be taken seriously, to be understood. That's why, that's why I wanted Rachel to do that song. I'm, I'm hiding to be found. We all have this deep need to be found. He said, no one can develop freely in this world and find a full life without feeling understood by at least one other person. 
That doesn't have to be in the context of marriage. It's in the context of community. Jesus said, or God said, it's not good for man to be alone. We need to be in community. We have, and we need to have people around us that understand us. It's illustrated for me very greatly, kind of a sidelight. I'm reading a book right now called Tattoos of the Heart. It's written by this, uh, this Catholic priest who went into the inner city of L.A., and he's been working with gangs for the last 20 years. And he's working with these gang kids. And it's a fascinating read as he talks about the situation of working with these gang kids and getting them to the point where they can get a job and get out of the gangs and get out and be healthy members of community. But he tells the backstory on each one of these kids as he's talking about them in this book, Tattoos of the Heart, really good. And, and as he tells the backstory, you're, you're just realizing these kids have been abused. They've got no family. Their parents are drug addicts. They're, they're gone. They've never had anybody in their life that would ever listen to them or understand them. They are hiding to be found. And so what happens? A gang comes along. A gang comes along and says, hey, you want to be a part of us? You can be a part of us and we'll listen to you and we'll understand you. Yeah, you might get killed. Yeah, you might have to kill somebody. You might go to jail. It's going to ruin your life. But we all have this deep need inside of us to be found, to be understood. And, and so in the context of marriage, that's a communication solver. Just practice listening. The third is don't cross the wires. Okay? Understand the differences between men and women. When you cross the wires, this is what happens. And that's not good. Some of you feel like that in your marriages right now. You're like, wow, it's really, really dark right now. Well, here's another piece of advice. This time I'm going to let Les and Leslie Parrott just give it to you straight. Uh, they're going to be here for a marriage seminar. I want you to hear a little bit from them. They're going to talk. Here's a little technique, a little takeaway that we want to leave you with. It's called sharing withholds. Because every day in every relationship, there's information that we withhold from one another and uh, this is designed to kind of bring that to the surface, yeah. positive as well as negative. Exactly. Results. You know, we travel at the speed of life. So I might walk through a room and see Les disciplining our little, you know, John and think, man, that was brilliant. And I admire him, but I don't take the time to tell him in that situation. I, you know, I go on with the rest of my day. The thought flies out of my head. He never gets the benefit of hearing that thought. It's so a, that's it's a, a withhold. positive withhold, yeah. right? And then there's negative withholds where we might be out to dinner with friends and I say something I think is funny. And they laugh, but underneath it all, Leslie feels like it was a little jab. And, and, but she doesn't confront me there. She'll wait till we get home. Well, we get home, it's midnight, she doesn't want to get into it. She'll wait till the next morning. Well, I'm off to work. So she never does share it with me. Now, now what happens to negative information in our relationships that we bury? Exactly, right? It has a high rate of resurrection. Yes. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> it pops up through the yeah. surface, right? So here's a little exercise that we've yeah. learned and practiced for a long time in our relationship that keeps the communication fresh. And uh, it just takes, oh, like maybe five, ten minutes right. at, the, at the most when you do this. But let's kind of demonstrate you this. Bet. We would each write down three withholds within the last 48 hours. Two positive and one negative. We each do that on a piece of scratch paper. And so if we've each done that, let's mm -hmm. just kind of demonstrate real yeah. quick. Yeah, then we'll take turns sharing yeah. those. So one thing I wanted to tell you is it was great. I, you know, we had a lot of travel this week. He left a day before me, and I was exhausted trying to get the boys ready. And it was great. Right. When I woke up that morning, you had cleaned the kitchen, which was a wreck after having a party at our house. And I wanted you to know it really meant a lot to me. Okay. That didn't happen, but, uh, <laughs> but I get the message. Um, Good. <laughs> Nice one. Excellent. But if it had happened, I would simply say two words. Those two words are thank you, right? Just thank you. For sure. I don't explain it. Don't justify it. Then she would, share, she would share a negative withhold, okay? 
You know, I, I had so much fun with Kevin and Kathy. We went out to dinner, but we were all had our cell phones out. We were talking about the gadgets. And then you made that joke about how much I've been going over on my long-distance charges. And right. I got my feelings hurt because you know I'm just calling my mom. She's had health problems and right. the 911 calls. I'm not chatting with my girlfriends, and I just felt bad that you would talk about the money when I'm using that to take care of my mom while we travel. Okay. That did happen. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Feeling good, aren't you? <laughs> Leslie's having her own little seminar up here right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It'll be a great flight home for us. <laughs> In this exercise, I just simply respond by saying, geez, lighten up. I can't believe you take this so seriously. Yeah, how about that? No, in this exercise, I respond with two words. Those two words are, not I'm sorry, because I may not be sorry yet, okay? Those two words are simply thank you, all right? And uh, in other words, thank you for sharing the information. Right. That's it. Then she would share another positive withhold. We'll forego that right. for right now. And... Uh, <laughs> And then it would be my turn to share my three withholds, okay? And by the way, one of the things we've learned through the years of doing this together is the person that goes second needs to stick with their three original withholds. <laughs> you understand, right? <laughs> Enough said. Um, uh, we've got this card in the, in the bulletin just so that you could... Uh, this is not... A, this is not a registration card. It's just a way of you getting us information and we'll talk back to you and get you signed up June 4th. The reason we're doing this is it's going on Shine and uh, Moody Radio and a whole bunch of other places to invite the community. And there are very popular uh, marriage speakers. So um, they're going to come and uh, we want to get you signed up. You can drop that in the offering on the way or uh, on one of those boxes on the way out. Okay. Uh, fourth, don't overload the circuit. What do I mean by that? Very, very simply, you need to apologize every once in a while. Proverbs says, pride only breeds quarrels, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Proverbs 16, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Every once in a while, the tension is getting so bad, you've got to just stop and apologize. Okay? So we make I statements instead of you statements. We practice reflective listening. We share withholds. We apologize. And then when it gets down to it, here's the circuit breaker. It's in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Here's the, the circuit breaker that keeps the whole thing from blowing up. It's to have the attitude of Jesus. And it says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you. See, the deal with communication, the wiring thing, it, it's about you. It's not about them. It's not about them understanding. It's about you. It's, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And he goes on and says, Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to revenge. I will repay, says the Lord. My wife was reading Scripture from the stage one day several years ago, and she was being dramatic, and she was reading, and she said, she quoted from the Old Testament, it says, I am the Lord. And she paused just long enough for little Emily in the back of the room to go, she is the Lord? Welcome to my world, Emily. That's all I can say. Welcome to my world. 
I am the Lord. I will repay. I will take care of everything. That's what God says. I'm the one who's in charge. As far as it depends on you, Paul says, live at peace for ev- with everyone. Don't repay evil for evil. Let me handle it. Let me deal with it. I'll be God. And then he says in verse 20, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Don't, don't repay evil for evil. Do what is right in the eyes of everybody. As far as it is possible, and it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Don't seek out revenge. Let God take care of the justice in the world. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Thirsty, give him something to drink. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I'm going to end with a story and then have uh, Rachel come out and sing uh, somebody else's song, a Warren Barfield song. Um, the story is kind of a tragic one, but it, it illustrates a really good point for us. Carol was a woman who, uh, whose husband was killed by a drunk driver. He was 52. Um, the, the greater side of the tragedy is it happened to have been on Carol's 50th birthday that he died. And he had a pair of tickets to Hawaii in his jacket pocket. And he was coming home on his way to surprise his wife with a trip to Hawaii on her 50th birthday. And he was killed by a drunk driver. Somebody said, how do you deal with this? And she said, well, obviously I'm a Christian and, and you know, God is helping me and, and God is empowering me and the God of comfort is there for me. But something else has helped me. And that is that, that Jim and I made an agreement when we first got married that we would tell each other that we loved each other before noon every day of our lives. She said, that might sound easy to you, but it wasn't always easy. If there was a fight the night before, it might be through clenched teeth. You know, when there were babies and we were on different schedules with sleep, it was often difficult. There were times when we drove to the other person's office to put a note under their windshield. There were all kinds of creative and fun ways that we did it, and sometimes it was tricky. But she said, one of the ways that I've gotten through this tragedy in my life is that on the day of my birthday, I didn't have to go to work, and Jim did, and he got up early, and he left a card on my pillow, an I love you card on my pillow, and a birthday card, and I heard the garage door go up, and I heard him try to sneak out, and I got on my bathrobe, and I ran out, and I ran down the driveway, and I caught him before he got out of the driveway, and I pounded on the window, and I made him roll it down, and I said, oh, no, you don't. I want to go on record on the day of my 50th birthday that I, Carol, whatever her last name was, that I love you. She said, one of the ways that I get through this is to know that the fact was that the very last thing I said to him was I love you. Listen, there's a lot of electrical problems that are going to happen in our life. There's a lot of communication problems. But... If we're watching them, if we, if we help with them, if we diagnose them, if we make them happen, if we come back to I love you every day, we can make this. This song is love is not a fight, but it is something worth fighting for. If we try to leave, may God send angels to guard the door. That's what I'm praying for you. That, I, I know a lot of you are struggling. I know there's a lot of stuff going on, but that's what I'm praying for. That the angels will guard the door. You know, the, the thing about this, we're, we're going to do communion now. And the, the thing about this Jesus coming back last night deal, um, 
the other thing besides what it does to Christianity that bugs me is that sometimes people get so focused on Jesus coming back again that they forget that he's here now. You know, I mean, I, I mean, Jesus said, watch and pray and be ready. And we're supposed to be ready and we're supposed to do everything that we do with the re, with the realization that he's going to come back. And when he comes back, it's a new heaven, a new earth. Everything's going to be different. And we need to tell everybody and get them ready. But he's also here right now. John 14, I was reading this week just in my own reading and and Philip has not figured out the whole thing. And Jesus says, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? And I guess that's, that's what I want to ask you. Has Jesus been with you all this time and you still don't know Him? You still don't know the power that He has to help you in your marriage, the power that He has to help you to conquer sin, the power that He has to bring joy into your life in the middle of the war, in the middle of the strife, in the middle of the circumstances that are going on. He is here now. And we're going to commune with Him right now. We're going to pass these trays across. There's two cups. There's... Bread in the bottom cup and juice in the top cup. If you just grab them both, pass them on, um, and hold them, we're going to all commune together in just a minute. And you don't have to be a part of Parkview. We, uh, we welcome you, if you're a believer, to commune with us right now. But, but as you do that, as you eat this bread that represents His body and drink this cup that represents His blood, will you remember that the power of Jesus, that Jesus is here with us now, we don't have to wait until that day to have His power living inside us. Let's pray. God, thank you for this uh, time that we celebrate every, every week. No matter what we talk about, no matter what scriptures we open, no matter what we do, we always come back to this because this is what it's all really about is the fact that, that we are forgiven and we are empowered by you because of your sacrifice on the cross that everyone who believes in you will not perish but have everlasting life. But, but you said over and over again, Jesus, that the kingdom of heaven is here, that the kingdom is now. It's not later. It starts now. It starts in our hearts right now. So as we open up our hearts to you, will you come in and be with us? Give us the power. Give us the strength that we need. And we pray these things in your name. Amen.